I'm Julia Thompson, Communications Manager at the NCETM, and I'm in Manchester today to talk to some teaching colleagues who are participating in the year's 5 to 8 continuity programme with Turing Northwest Maths Hub. Today we're going to be talking about using number lines in Key Stage 2. We've already spoken to NCETM Director for Primary, Debbie Morgan, about using number lines in Key Stage 1, and Assistant Director for Secondary, Becky Donaldson, about how number lines can be used in secondary. So we're keen today to explore how number lines can be used in Key Stage 2. It is the second part of the summer term, so you may hear some air traffic overhead throughout our conversation. So just to begin, can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, your background, and how you came to be involved in this project? We'll start with you, Julia. Yes, I'm Julia Morgans. I'm the Maths Hub Lead for Turing Northwest, which is based at Ashton on Mersey School in Sale in Trafford. And I've been doing the role for two years now. Um, I'm a qualified primary teacher and in, qualified in 1989. And I've taught in early years and both key stages. And I started working for Turing Northwest as a work group lead for Mastery Readiness, um, which was set up in the Northwest as a pilot programme in 2018. Brilliant. And Jenny? Hi, I'm Jenny Ruddock. I'm the deputy here at Corrie Primary School, which is a two-form entry school in Denton in Manchester. I have been teaching for 19 years and worked across all key stages from EYFS to Year 6. I've been working for the Maths Hub for quite a long time now um, but more specifically this year I'm the work group lead and last year for the 5 to 8 continuity programme. Excellent and Jordana? I'm Jordana Worrell and I'm the senior lead for curriculum at Denton Community College. I've been teaching for nine years and I've been head of maths at Denton Community College secondary school uh, for five years and I've taught all groups throughout secondary school. Excellent, thank you. So each year the continuity programme has a different focus and this year all of Turing Northwest Maths Hub's continuity work groups focused on the number line. Why the number line? Well, it was a, a particularly interesting um, area because the new DfE maths guidance for primary schools that was published in 2020 highlighted the importance of children being able to reason about the location of any number in the linear number system. And the ready to progress criteria states that this is an outcome from year one right the way through to year two. And then the guidance also gives future applications. So the ability to be able to reason and understand the number system in key stage three. So the students might use uh, linear and quadratic graphs, for example, and it's really important that they have that opportunity. So what prompted your maths hub to focus particularly on the linear number system? Well, our attention was drawn to an action research project that was carried out by Ruth Trundley and Stephanie Burke um, from Jurassic Maths Hub in 2019 called Understanding Structured Number Lines. 
and they highlighted that many teachers use number lines um, and children from across the number of the primary age range didn't understand the structure of a number line. And as Debbie Morgan mentioned in her podcast, they were using it for counting rather than to understand the structure of the number system. So we decided that this would be a really great way to find commonality within primary and secondary. So before our meeting of our local leaders of uh, math education, we asked them to go into their classrooms and do an assessment with their learners based on the assessments that they'd done in the action research. It was a diagnostic tool to find out um, and it's really interesting what um, the secondary colleagues found out about what their children knew about uh, number lines. And then we were also aware that number lines in classrooms are there, again, as Becky said in her podcast, they're there as displays, they can be there um, on desks, and more often than not, they're horizontal. So we think it's really important that um, our learners see it and interpret number lines for a purpose. Why are we doing it? What, what's the point of it? So we would encourage all our teachers to consider all the different contexts that they um, use and the real life situations that children might see numbers that are in a line. Uh, for example, reception and nursery children will see vertical height charts and um, they might see thermometers or even in a circle on a uh, on measuring scales. Mm, yeah, because I, I was quite surprised to learn how many different ways children might see a number line. They they might see it as a ruler. They might see it as as a scale. They might see, you know they might see it as you say in a circular kind of orientation. So it's actually, I think some teachers might think that it's just this static kind of line and horizontal yeah we, we should show them um, vertically and also the other thing that i think is really important is one of the, the areas that we find difficult to teach in primary is the time but actually if you take the time out and show it as a linear as a, a number line starting from 12 and you show it as a line and then join it up as a circle that's been another really powerful way of helping children to understand our clock system so yeah oh, wow <laughs> we're not going there but no. yeah it is interesting i'm sure there'll be quite a lot of uh, teachers both in, in probably in, in primary and secondary thinking oh, we might try that so Jenny, you're work group lead for the programme, but you're also primary teacher, so you'll be familiar with the number line being used in Key Stage 1. Why were you keen to explore its uses in Key Stage 2? As children don't really have the knowledge or embedded use of number lines in Key Stage 2 to build on, they don't ch tend to choose them as a tool or a visual representation themselves, and quite commonly they're also presented with them rather than children being exposed to drawing them themselves. Um, and again, like Julie says, we, we identified lots of number line uses in uh, can be cross mathematical topics, mm -hmm. you know, um, and really children, it's just that they just don't have that depth of understanding of the structure of, to use in the number system. Um, you know, they are applicable to so many situations and if teachers could use them as a really good model, you know, then children can put that visual representation to the topic that they're being taught, if it's ratio or, um, you know, coordinates or graphs, they can, they can cross-curricular teach it, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't just have to be a, a counting tool, which it invariably is, so, um, for a, but that said, children in Key Stage 2 and 3 um, just don't have that, just don't use 
number lines, they don't choose to use them as a tool. Um, so as a work group lead, for example, I use the diagnostic assessment. Uh, so the diagnostic assessment was quite simply, choose some children in your class and can they draw a number line from one to 100 with intervals of 10 and do they know where the midpoint is? Or draw a number line from 50 to 70 and show the midpoint. And um, as we will find out from Jordana as well, the, the outcome was really fascinating. They thought, oh, yeah, I could do this. And even, you know, some of the year five and six, you thought this will be easy. And it, it's staggering. <laughs> the evidence was that they presumed children can draw their own number lines when actually they can't. Uh, well, a vast majority couldn't. Or they found parts of it tricky, you know, trying to calculate the intervals or where's the midpoint, what is a midpoint, you know. So there was lots of, um, you know, issues surrounding just that simple concept that we all take for granted really um, and also it made teachers very much aware of thinking very clearly when presenting tasks to children for example oh just draw a graph with intervals of 10 or intervals how do you do that if you can't draw a simple number line with intervals so we kind of started there and then it made us all research and think more deeply about you know using a number line as a visual representation in our own classes mm -hmm. Excellent. So Jordana, what were your thoughts when you observed your students engaging with the diagnostic task? So I took the diagnostic task and asked five different year eight students to draw a number line from one to a hundred and label the multiples of 10. And what was really interesting was that students started from the beginning and labeled on 10, 20, 30 with no acknowledgement for where they were placed. They knew they were counting up in tens, but they crammed together 10, 20, 30, got to 70, realised there was a huge gap between 70 and 100, and then put 80 and 90 in. Now, I was really shocked that they were year eight students. And what really, that really led me to reflect on is, we assume they come to us in Key Stage 3 being able to do that. So we'll say to students when we're doing graphs, draw a set of axes. But a set of axes relies on them knowing that a number line is equal width. Um, and when you go up to GCSE histograms, they need to be able to do an axis with equal width. So I think I was just so shocked that they, we're assuming this knowledge that they don't have. And I know Debbie Morgan mentions in her podcast about the lack of understanding about equal widths. But actually, this really highlighted the importance of it at Key Stage 2, because at Key Stage 3, that understanding still isn't there. Um, so it was a really, really useful tool and really started us on the journey of how we can use number lines. I was just thinking when, when you were explaining what had happened back, reflecting back to Debbie Morgan's podcast, where she talks about doing a lot of work about just that developing that spatial awareness on where the intervals will be, where the numbers will be. And it strikes me that if you don't teach that explicitly, if you just assume that children are going to absorb that understanding by osmosis, then you're going to get to a stage in key stage three where you've got a bit of a problem. And another thing you, you, you mentioned there was how much of, of secondary maths relies on that ability to be able to draw lines and, and, and draw intervals and judge where the intervals are and, and what the numbers are. So this is really something that's quite important to get right. So 
A key aspect of the year's five to eight continuity programme is collaboration between secondary and primary colleagues. So Jordana, Corrie Primary is one of your feeder schools. Have your secondary colleagues been into it to kind of work with the, with the primary teachers? Yes. What has that been like for them? So I had the opportunity to observe year five and year six as part of this project on number lines. And the primary colleagues came to Denton Community College to observe me teaching year eight. And from what I got observing year five and six, I said, I absolutely have to share this with my colleagues from my secondary school. Um, so they have come into Corrie and observed year fives and sixes. And what was really powerful is, so in one particular lesson, a student, they weren't directed to use a bar model representation by the teacher, but they saw a problem and just drew a bar model. And I think that was so powerful to see how natural it can be for students when they are shown different representations a lot and it becomes routine that they found it really powerful that without any direction at all a student just drew a representation and I think that's what this five to eight continuity group provides it's about secondary teachers you know actually seeing what primary schools are doing and then we can continue that Excellent. So Jenny, was there anything you learned about using number lines from a Key Stage 3 perspective in terms of what you can do in Key Stage 2 to prepare children for Key Stage 3 maths? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we really just made the decision again, even as a school, you know, as a, you know, and that's what we're hoping to deliver today is to, for, the for teachers to be using accurate vocabulary, to be using number lines explicitly when delivering the math sessions, you know, to be reinforcing that in different representations, different orientations as well, like Julia said, vertically, circular, whichever way is to really expose them to it, to a use of a number line. Um, drawing arrows on the ends of number lines as well, we were talking about because it shows that infinity of numbers and it, it's just a section, it's like a snapshot of a section of, of the number line. Um, and again, making reference to number lines when teaching graphs, coordinate scales, you know, those kind of things. Um, but more importantly, for children to draw their own because they, they need that practice to be able to do that, especially at Key Stage 2, because quite often, especially with the um, use of textbooks now, it's just, or, or computers or a workload issue, teachers just give the children the number lines to place an arrow one or a specific number whereas the children aren't getting that exposure to being able to draw a number line draw their own line you know break it up into certain accurate intervals whatever the, the skill is that they just don't have that skill so it's very important that they do that themselves yeah i have to say as a, as a primary teacher myself i can hold my hand up and say that on occasion i've given them the graph and of told course. them to complete it because the thought of asking the children to draw <laughs> a graph well you you just know you'd have to spend so many lessons doing it but i think what we can see is that it's a vital essential skill that we're giving them and it's worth taking the time to actually do that so yes <laughs> most definitely um so as in previous podcasts we've produced on the number line, today we are going to be looking at some ways teachers can use them in their Key Stage 2 classrooms. We'll post drawings of the number lines described in the show notes, but if you are driving or listening on a walk, or if like me you like to listen to your podcast while you're cooking, we'll try to describe them as clearly as possible so you can use your powers of visualisation and follow along. So Jordana, are you going to be taking us through the, those ideas? So fantastic. And hopefully... These might also be relevant to secondary colleagues as well. 
So what's your first number line? So the first number line we've used is to help with rounding. So students were given a number line with arrows at the end, like what Jenny said, because we want them to see that the number line doesn't stop. Um, so it was a number line with arrows at the end with 40 and 50 placed on and no other intervals and no other numbers. And we asked students to decide which number 42 is closer to. Is it closer to 40 and closer to 50? And this led us on to rounding to multiples of 10. But what was really interesting was that the students were really keen to use the midpoint. They felt really confident comparing the number we were giving them to where the midpoint was. So they were saying, well, 42 is closer to 40 than 50 because it's below the midpoint. And that language was really helping them to articulate what multiple of 10 42 was closer to. And that led on nicely to rounding to the nearest 100 and the nearest 1,000. The second topic we've looked at, and this was in a year five classroom, was students focusing on finding fractions of an hour. So in the first part of the lesson, the children needed to work out what fraction of an hour a child spent doing their homework. The children had a number line with no numbers on at all and had to discuss what the whole number line would represent. So this created great discussion about how many minutes in an hour, what should we represent an hour as on the number line. And as a class, we decided to start at zero and end at 60. They then had another number line underneath that was the same size, but split into four sections. And this created a discussion about the number of minutes in a quarter of an hour. So like what I said before about the midpoint, they were really keen to show that, well, the midpoint is 30 minutes, that's half an hour. So 15 minutes is a quarter of an hour. And I think the number line was really powerful for them to see the size of a quarter of an hour mm -hmm. in relation to a full hour. And the number line really did that. Directly beneath that number line, students were given another number line that was split into 12. And then they used their knowledge of equivalent fractions to show that it was five minutes. And yet again, the number line really showed the size of a twelfth of an hour in comparison to a quarter of an hour and a third of an hour. Uh, the students were then able to use these number lines to solve problems which required them to add parts of an hour together. So the problem was a student spent a twelfth of an hour on his maths homework and a third of an hour on his English homework. How much did he spend altogether? But I think the number line gave him a really strong visual tool of what numbers to add together and the sizes of the numbers, which were great. Um, the number line created so much discussion about finding the midpoint first every single time. Um, and it was a really useful strategy. This can also be extended to represent mixed numbers uh, mixed number fractions greater than one um, and whether it's greater than an hour or part of an hour it goes again back to what Jenny just said about the number line doesn't stop so if this part of the number line represents an hour if we make that longer if we make it twice the size and I think it's giving students that flexibility between you know a number's double the size the number line might be double the length um, and the third topic we've looked at with students is ratio and this was introducing equivalent ratio to a year six class. And in this lesson, double number, line we, double number lines were used to support the introduction of equivalent ratio. So in the very first question, students needed to work out the ratio of stars to suns on a t-shirt. They were shown a picture where the ratio was one to three. They were then given a number line that was horizontal with six equal parts and it was numbered one to six. The number line directly below 
was split into six, but the only number labelled was three, which was directly below one. So if you can just imagine that, there was two number lines and it showed that the ratio was one to three because it had the three directly below the one. There was no other numbers labelled on the bottom number line and the children were required to fill the other numbers in. So they had to fill in that six went below two, nine went below three, 12 went below four. And what was really interesting in here when we watched the students in the lesson is that some students went up the number line in multiples of three. So they quickly spotted that it was three, six, nine, 12. But other students spotted that the numbers on the bottom number line were three times bigger than the numbers on the top line. And that really highlights the multiplicative relationships between the numbers and the different methods you could use. Um, Another number line, double number line we used in that lesson had on the ratio labelled four to eight and it had four on the top and eight on the bottom. On the top number line, we labelled multiples of two. Now, what the students could see straight away from the number line was that we only had one number labelled on the bottom one, but they could see it was double. So that the, the number lines created such a visual tool to show the ratio one to two, because immediately students were saying the numbers on the bottom number line are double the numbers on the top. Um, and that was really powerful to see. The questions then increased in difficulty and the students went on to use the number lines to assist in their learning. So they were working backwards to find the ratio one to two. And then as an extension, can you give me a ratio that's equivalent to one to two that wouldn't be on the number line? But I think having that number line as a starting point to see the relationship between the numbers was really powerful. Um, what some students did was filling in numbers directly to the left and the right of the number they'd been given. And I think that goes back to their knowledge of numbers equally spaced on a number line. So if I've got the number two and it's going up in multiples of two, I've got zero one side and four the other. Whereas other students were able to just see the relationships quicker and move to bigger numbers. Um, but I think the number line really helped with that journey. Excellent. That's fantastic. So um, what strikes you straight away is the, the sheer breadth of uses that you can make. And also, I, I think the, the time one in particular, that's so powerful because children really struggle with time. And I, th I think teachers struggle to teach time. As an adult, when you just get something, it's really difficult to explain to a child. And it's very abstract, isn't it? What you're describing of the children seeing the minutes on a line but actually that abstraction, because it's in a circle, sometimes makes it harder. So the, the introducing the clock as a line as well as, as the, the circle is really interesting. Yeah, and, and I think this, you know, goes if you carry on the journey of time, mm. you know, if I'm doing speed distance time with a GCSE yeah. class, a lot of them fall into the trap of if they get the time as 0.25 hours, they write that as 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah. But I think going back to if they start on their journey with time as seeing it on a number line, as seeing it as a quarter of an hour, that would help their understanding. Well, that brings our conversation today to a close. I really hope you found our discussion as interesting as I did. And if you'd like to know more about the Years 5 to 8 Continuity Programme, you can contact your local maths hub to find out how you can get involved. 
Links to all of the resources and research mentioned by Julia and how to find your local maths hub will be posted in the show notes for this podcast, or you can find your local maths hub on the NCETM website. Thank you so much to Julia, Jenny and Jordana for taking the time to talk to me today. And thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do share it with colleagues. We'll be back with another episode soon. So make sure you follow us or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode.